This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. The nominations for this year's Primetime Emmy Awards were just announced, and we're going to help you unpack them. The Emmys being the Emmys, there were many familiar series in the mix, like Succession and Ted Lasso, but there were also exciting first-time nominees like Andor and Jury Duty, plus plenty of satisfying surprises and galling snubs. I'm Linda Holmes. And I'm Glenn Weldon, and today we're recapping this year's Emmy nominations on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Right at the top, Linda, talk to me about how weird this Emmy season is. Yeah, it's a very odd season. The Writers Guild has been on strike since May. There is absolutely no sign of progress on that front. The Screen Actors Guild has a contract that, as we tape this on Wednesday, right after the nominations, expires tonight. It is not clear whether they will extend again or go on strike or what will happen. If these two strikes are both underway, there's not going to be much in the way of an Emmy campaign season. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be very odd in that way. I think it's odd also because it's just made the whole thing feel a little grim. It's harder, I think, for people to be as fully celebratory as they would be otherwise. Yeah. And also we taped this the day after Deadline came out with a story that quoted an unnamed studio executive basically saying that the strategy is to hold out until writers start going broke and losing their apartments, (laughs) not understanding that the reason they're striking is because writers are going broke and losing their apartments. Yeah, a little little, um, cartoon villain in some of that language, but yeah. So just keep in mind as we talk, the same executives who are probably going to be crying about how great The Bear did with uh, Emmy nominations this year are also responsible for the fact that one of its writers, Alex O'Keefe, tweeted recently that he is barely scraping by between jobs despite having such a great gig. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for that. Before we get to the nominations, I wanted to mention two things up top. One, we can't get to every category today. These are just some highlights. And two, there are a lot of nominations for Amazon. So we want to note that Amazon supports NPR and pays to distribute some of our content. All right. Let's get to it, starting with comedy. The nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Abbott Elementary, Woo-hoo. ABC's workplace sitcom set in a Philadelphia public school created by Quinta Brunson. You'll hear that name again. Barry, HBO's violent dark comedy and satire about Hollywood where Bill Hader plays a hitman turned actor. A hilarious romp. Hilarious romp. <laughs> Barry. <laughs> Speaking of hilarious musical romps, The Bear was also nominated. That's FX on Hulu's intense and fast-paced series about a fine dining chef who takes over his family's Chicago Italian beef sandwich shop. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Jury Duty, Amazon Freebie's documentary-style comedy about a jury where one juror does not realize everyone else is an actor and even the trial is fake. What has been mentioned many times on the Emmys is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is the final season of Amazon's long-running series about an aspiring stand-up comedian played by Rachel Brosnahan, who's trying to get her big break. Uh, Hulu's only murders in the building, on which Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez play true crime fans who investigate a real murder and make a podcast about it. Podcast. Podcast. Um, Also returning, of course, is Ted Lasso, the Apple series starring Jason Sudeikis as an unqualified American who takes over as the coach of an English soccer team. And finally, a new name breaking through, Wednesday, the Netflix series about Adam's family favorite Wednesday Adams, played by Jenna Ortega, and her adventures at the gloomy Nevermore Academy. 
Academy. Linda, what are your thoughts here? Well, I think there are a couple of really critical favorites that did not make this list. Mm -hmm. Reservation Dogs is certainly one. The other two is one. Somebody Somewhere is one. I was a huge fan of Poker Face on Peacock, which did not get a nomination in this category. The thing is, these nominations feel to me like... Once people become slightly less enthused about something, it usually takes a couple of years for their Emmy nominations to to start to drop off. So I think even though there was somewhat less enthusiasm about this season of Ted Lasso, for example, it's just not going to drop off that fast. Yeah. So, you know, Ted Lasso is still here. Maisel is still here. And also it's a stacked category. I mean, there are also a lot of good entries. So I think there are some very disappointing omissions here, you know, but also some some great ones. I'm happy to see Jury Duty here. That's an extraordinarily silly show that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, that was a surprise. And you called it in your in your piece for NPR. You called it. That Listen, was I happened. got my finger on the pulse, buddy. You totally do. I, I'm happy with uh, the repeat nominations, Lasso, Abbott, Murders, Barry, Maisel. I thought both Maisel and Barry ended with very strong final seasons. Maybe Lasso did too. We're still not sure if it's the final season, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see the bear here, of course, even though calling yeah, it a comedy is a stretch, show. as we've mentioned. And it's certainly gotten its fair share of critical attention. But if a nomination or a win means that it, more people see it, then great. I personally didn't love Wednesday as much as most people did because uh, it had this romantic triangle stuff, which just felt like a fundamental misread of the character. But you know what? That's not going to be a thing for the next season, so I'm fine. I am really heartsick for somebody somewhere because that is a show yeah. that really could have used this kind of love and get more people mm-hmm, to see it. But. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to walk me through lead actress in a comedy series? Absolutely. So we have Christina Applegate for Netflix's Dead to Me. She plays a woman whose husband was killed in a hit and run accident and then is befriended by the driver, played by Linda Cardellini. Rachel Brosnahan mm. for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She plays housewife turned aspiring stand-up comedian Midge Maisel. She's previously won an Emmy for this part uh, in 2018. Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary. Yep. She plays Janine, who's a second grade teacher at uh, the underfunded Philadelphia Public School of the title. Natasha Leone. There she is. Now, geez, boy, do I like Natasha Leone. Mm-hmm. She plays Charlie in the PCHH favorite uh, Poker Face. The Peacock series is about a woman with an uncanny ability to know when somebody is lying. That she then goes on the run, she solves murders and crimes, and there are a million great guest stars. And then finally, Jenna Ortega, who plays the titular mm-hmm. Wednesday Adams mm-hmm. in Wednesday. Uh, what do you think, Glenn? I love seeing Jenna Ortega here. She's the best part of that show. And without hacks in the mix, right, because of the right. scheduling. Right, off this year. Right, mm-hmm. without Gene Smart in the mix, I think this is Quinta's to lose, right? I mean, I think so. I can imagine Rachel Brosnahan going out with a bang, given how heavily decorated that show's been. Sure. Leon would also be wonderful for me. I think she's also somebody who's been around for a really long time, and I can imagine kind of her – belovedness and connectedness and the fact that that's a Ryan Johnson show. I mean, I can see it for her. I always do this to myself. My faves do not wind up winning. But yeah, I mean, sure. look, if you're right and it's Quinta Brunson's to lose, that's great too. Absolutely. All right. So lead actor in a comedy series, we get Bill Hader for Barry. He plays a sociopathic hitman who tries to forget his past and become an actor. Hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Your sides will ache. Sorry, I, I can't stop. Hader has won twice before for this role. Jason Siegel for the Apple TV series Shrinking. He plays a widowed therapist who adopts some unexpected methods for his therapy patients. 
Martin Short, but not Steve Martin, for Only Murders in the Building. Mm -hmm. He plays a failed Broadway director who starts a true crime podcast with Steve Martin and Selena Gomez to investigate a murder. Jason Sudeikis, heard of him for Ted Lasso, heard of it. He plays, well, Ted, the American football coach now, coaching a UK soccer club and trying to inspire them to win. Sudeikis previously won Emmys for this same role in 2021 and 2022. Is he going to go for the – that trick is a hockey term, right? Oh, yeah, hockey term. Going to go for the three thing in soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. He plays fine dining chef Carmi, who returns home to Chicago to help turn around the family sandwich shop after the death of his brother. Linda, I bet you have a favorite here. You know, I am always going to be in the tank for Jeremy Allen White because that show is the most fascinating and intense thing I watched all year. At the same time, I don't think it's a comedic performance. Nope. So I think I would probably root sentimentally for Jason Siegel, uh -huh. who uh, I discovered this is Jason Siegel's first Emmy nomination ever. And if you think about how you know long he was on Freaks and Geeks and How I Met Your Mother and like, it's amazing to me that this is his first Emmy nomination. And I think he's great on Shrinking. I really love Shrinking. I'm a little shocked that Harrison Ford yeah. did not get a supporting nomination for Shrinking. I'm thrilled that Jessica Williams did. Mm -hmm. But Jason Siegel, man, I think he's a super interesting dude. And I will be rooting for him, I think. Yeah, but but that's why I think Jeremy Allen White is not in a comedy. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. Yeah, the Harrison Ford thing is really surprising because Emmys historically love when movie actors cross over and yep. yet now. Okay, so coming up, we'll talk about the nominees and snubs in the drama and limited series categories. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep at night. Mattress Firm's sleep experts receive 200 plus hours of training annually to help you get your best rest. Upgrade your sleep with a Tempur-Pedic mattress made with a one-of-a-kind, infinitely adaptable temper material for exceptional support to help alleviate aches and pains. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. All right, picking up with drama. Linda, can you dramatically tell me the outstanding drama series? I will do it as dramatically as possible. The nominees are Andor, the Star Wars Ooh. Disney Plus thriller that follows Diego Luna on his journey from scoundrel to rebel hero. Mm -hmm. Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad prequel, which also aired on AMC. It stars Bob Odenkirk as ethically dubious public defender Jimmy McGill as he slowly devolves into a sleazy lawyer to criminals and renames himself Saul Goodman. 
The okay. Crown. Frequent nominee. Frequent nominee, inspired by real events. This Netflix dramatization tells the story of Queen Elizabeth II and the political and personal events that shaped her reign. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> I asked for it. You're doing it. <laughs> House of the Dragon is HBO's prequel to Game of Thrones, but instead of a world-spanning tale of rival clans jockeying for power, House of the Dragon keeps it in the family, the Targaryen family, that is. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> pretty good for somebody who doesn't watch Game of Thrones, yeah? I was going to say. The Last of Us offers a fungus-based twist on the zombie apocalypse. The HBO series follows a young girl played by Bella Ramsey, who's mysteriously immune to the fungal infection, and her gruff, taciturn protector, played by Pedro Pascal. And of course, uh, HBO's succession... Huge mm-hmm. nomination list this year follows mm-hmm. the Roy family, a billionaire dynasty that owns a conservative-leaning media conglomerate. They wrapped up this year. Whew, made me crazy. A resort should be relaxing, but the HBO series The White Lotus, which takes place at a resort of the same name, yep. is instead uncomfortable, even painful, mm-hmm. always meme spewing. It certainly is. And the Showtime thriller Yellow Jackets follows what happens when a high school girl's soccer team's plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness and the aftermath. And let me just say, aftermath is doing a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> in that <laughs> sentence. Glenn, what do you think? I mean, these are solid picks. This was a strange year because the only three holdovers from last year are Succession, Yellow Jackets, and Better Call Saul, although The White Lotus and The Crown have been nominated before. Right, right. The newcomers here are Andor, which I am just delighted about because it takes the cartoonishly capitally evil of the Star Wars universe and really unpacks it and how it functions. It's a lot of fun. Uh, House of the Dragon surprised some people, and The Last of Us surprised, I think, no one. Justice for Bad Sisters, though, which is the mystery series starring Sharon Horgan as one of five sisters involved in the murder of one truly bad dude. Horgan got nominated for acting and for writing that show, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Amazon cannot feel great about Lord of the Rings, the rings of power being shut out of the major awards, given how much money they've sunk into it. And again... It's great that House of the Dragon got a drama nomination, but no acting nominations at all. And one of the things that kept Game of Thrones going was the raft of Emmys it could be depended to get every year. Yeah. And I should note here that it's good that both Murray Bartlett and Nick Overman got nominated for guest actor for their episode of The Last of Us, which feels right and good and somehow true. Yeah. Even though I got to say they are up against James Cromwell from Succession in that category, who blew me away this year as well. I don't know, man. It's a very tough category. Next up, outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Sharon Horgan, as I mentioned, for Apple TV series Bad Sisters. She decides to team up with her sisters to murder her brother-in-law. Melanie Linsky for playing Shauna Sadecki in the Showtime series Yellow Jackets, one of the women who survived the plane crash. Elizabeth Moss for playing Offred in the Hulu series The Handmaid's Tale. Bella Ramsey for playing Ellie in the HBO series The Last of Us. She's a kid who's immune to the mysterious plague. Carrie Russell, you predicted this for the Netflix drama The Diplomat. She plays a diplomat to the UK who is under consideration for the vice presidency. And finally, Sarah Snook for playing Shiv Roy in the HBO series Succession. She jumps from supporting actress this year. They finally submitted her as lead actress, which makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, my assumption is sort of that just based on the position of succession and the position of this role that this is Sarah Snook's to lose. Yep. I could be wrong about that, certainly. 
I'm not surprised, as you mentioned, that this is the representation of the diplomat that we got. Mm-hmm. Carrie Russell was nominated several times for the Americans. She never won. The Emmys love Carrie Russell. I think she's great in The Diplomat. That was a show I really liked, and I'm pleased to see some recognition for it. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about Rachel Weiss, because I didn't watch Dead Ringers, but a lot of people really loved Dead Ringers. Yeah, I didn't love the show. I loved these performances because she played a pair of twins. It was a very you know showy, chewy role, but when she needed to kind of modulate it and just convey who you were looking at with just a glimmer in the eye or something, she could do it. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't because it is the kind of very showy role that uh, the Emmys love. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Walk me through outstanding lead actor in a drama series. All right. So we have Jeff Bridges for playing a former CIA operative in the FX series, The Old Man. That was a show that was on. (laughs) Pedro Pascal for playing Joel in the HBO series, The Last of Us. We've talked about that one. Bob Odenkirk for playing lawyer Saul Goodman, one last season in the AMC Mm -hmm. series, Better Call Saul. And then from HBO's Succession, we've got three Brian Cox for playing Patriarch Logan Roy, Kieran Culkin for playing Roman Roy, and Jeremy Strong for playing Kendall Roy. It's so funny to me because the fact that Culkin moved into lead along with Sarah Snook means that Succession now has four lead actors nominated. (laughs) And at some point you start to wonder, if everyone is a lead, is anyone a lead? (laughs) And if you know sort of the progression of this season, it's actually Brian Cox where you think like, me? But I think that was not going to happen. So, look, I love all these performances, but that's a lot of lead actors. This is when you start to worry that these great performances are going to start to kind of cannibalize each other in terms of the voting. Yeah. And maybe leave some room for Bob Odenkirk to finally get the Emmy. He has been denied for playing lawyer Saul Goodman on Better Call Saul. He's been nominated six times for that role and hasn't won. And, you know, well, five times before this. This is his six. So hopefully – I mean, I like all these performances, but, you know, sentimentally, I'm rooting for Bob. Yeah, I get that. All right, moving on to Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series. First up, the Netflix series Beef, in which a road rage incident between Ali Wong and Stephen Yun spirals out of control. Then the weirdly titled Dahmer-Monster, colon, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story, which is part of a Ryan Murphy Netflix true crime anthology series. It's about, you know, serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. There's Daisy Jones and the Six, the Amazon Prime miniseries chronicling a fictional 1970s rock band. Fleischman is in Trouble, the FX on Hulu miniseries starring Jesse Eisenberg as a man dating for the first time after his divorce. And one of the biggest surprises, I think, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus miniseries starring Ewan McGregor as the iconic Star Wars character. Talk to me. Yeah. Well, first, I mean, I think the first interesting thing is Beef had a really strong showing in these Emmys. And I think there was a little bit of a question in the air about whether they would be negatively affected by a controversy that came up shortly after that show premiered about some extremely distasteful rape jokes that had been made by David Cho, who's one of their supporting cast members. Uh But it appears that from a PR perspective, they have weathered that given the strong showing of the series in this set of nominations. I think Uh from a perspective of critical praise, it's certainly not a surprise to see them nominated. I think, like you said, the surprise here is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Did you watch that? I did. And 
uh, you know, while Andor was in, among a very small number of people, <laughs> was just being talked up and critically acclaimed, Obi-Wan Kenobi did not have that same kind of impact, did not have that same kind of, I think, groundswell behind it. So I was really surprised to see it popped up here. It was fine, yeah. but it was no Andor. Yeah, I, it's so interesting to me. And you can say this about drama series, too. You know, you really are seeing a space for genre shows mm -hmm. in these kind of serious categories like drama and, and limited series, which I think is great. It's interesting that the genres that have kind of made it in there are more on the sci-fi and fantasy side, mm -hmm. as opposed to like maybe other kinds of genre shows like procedurals or something like that. It's clear that at least in some cases, there is a place for a genre in all of this. All right, let's go to outstanding lead actress in a limited or anthology series or movie. And to go ahead. Yeah, this is a stacked category also. You have mm -hmm. Lizzie Kaplan for Fleischman is in Trouble. She plays Libby, who's the best friend of the protagonist, Toby. Jessica Chastain for playing country singer Tammy Wynette in the Showtime miniseries George and Tammy. Dominique Fishback for the Amazon Prime miniseries Swarm. She plays an awkward woman who is obsessed with a pop superstar. Katherine Hahn for the Hulu miniseries Tiny Beautiful Things. She plays a woman who becomes a revered advice columnist when her own life is falling apart. Riley Keough for Daisy Jones and the Six. She played the titular singer Daisy Jones. And Ali Wong for Beef. Uh, she plays Amy, a well-to-do entrepreneur who gets involved in a life-changing road rage incident. Do you have opinions here, Glenn? Not opinions, because I like all these performances, but were I a betting man? I mean, Jessica Chastain has won for playing a woman named Tammy with a Southern accent previously. Yeah. She played Tammy Faye Baker. So, I mean, there's precedent, right? Yeah. Go with that. I mean, there is definitely precedent for that, as well as what you mentioned, which is the kind of movie star crossover into the Emmys mm -hmm. thing. But yeah, the performances that I have seen in this category, I also really liked. I liked Ali Wong and Beef. I really liked Fleischman is in Trouble. And I thought Lizzie Kaplan was one of the best parts of it, as she is the best part of so many things. You know, as I said, stacked category full of really good actors, including Dominique Fishback, who I think is just a super interesting young actor who I'm always excited to see. Yep. Finally, we have outstanding lead actor in a limited or anthology series or movie, and that is Taron Edgerton for playing James Keene in the Apple TV Plus crime drama Blackbird. Kumail Nanjiani for Hulu's Welcome to Chippendales. He plays Soman Steve Banerjee, the founder of the male review club Chippendales. Evan Peters for playing serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer in the Netflix series <sighs> Dahmer. Daniel Radcliffe for playing Weird Al in the Roku original film Weird, the Al Yankovic story, both Roku and Freebie showing up at these Emmys. Uh -huh. Michael Shannon for playing country singer George Jones in the Showtime miniseries George and Tammy. And Stephen Yun for playing Danny Cho in Beef. He's a struggling contractor who gets involved in a road rage incident that spirals out of control. Any thoughts here? I bet you got one. Well, look, Kumail is a friend of the show. He's been on the yes. show. We appreciate him. And so obviously the heart wants what it wants. However, yeah. in this category, if I had to guess, I would say Stephen Yun probably. Really? Well, just because I think people love Stephen Yun so much. Yeah. I also do think that there is a chance, you know, that Evan Peters for kind of being maybe the thing people like the most about Dahmer hyphen monster call in the Jeffrey Dahmer story, <laughs> yep. which is, you know, I think a franchise over on Netflix that people are 
a little cringy about. And yet I think uh-huh. Evan Peters has a good reputation, so I can definitely imagine that happening. And I'm so delighted to see Daniel Radcliffe here, mostly because I think a broad comedic performance is always welcome in any category that leaves itself open to it. So listen, I think there are a lot of possibilities and, you know, you can root for your pal and also, you know, kind of understand that there are a lot of good performances in this category. Yeah, we'll be rooting for a pal. There are certain realities in Hollywood. And I think one of them might be the Michael Shannon of it all, just because uh uh he's a big old name and that's a very conventional biopic. And so Emmys love what they love. It's true. It's true. Well, we didn't get to everything. We couldn't possibly get to everything. But those are, you know, it's kind of skimming off the top here. We want to know what you think about this year's Emmy nominations. All of them. Find us at Facebook.com slash PCHH. And that brings us to the end of our show. Thanks so much for being here, Linda. Thank you, buddy. We want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus Subscribers, we appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. If you haven't signed up yet and you want to show your support and listen to the show without any sponsor breaks at all, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced in a rush by Mike Katz of Ramel Wood and Ann Isaacs and edited very quickly by Jessica Reedy. Hello, come and provides our theme music. Go team. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I am Glenn Weldon and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. AI may be the most important new computer technology ever, but AI needs a lot of processing speed, and that gets expensive fast. Upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.